This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 16th, 2018. Colossians, be rooted. And thanks to Dr. Fran. This morning we continue our study of the book of Colossians found in the New Testament, second part of the Bible. And our focus this morning is be rooted. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Mighty God, we thank you so much for today, for the opportunity to delve into your word. May we be changed and transformed by it. I pray this in the name of God the Father, Jesus Christ, his only one and only Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. All right, so last week we started a new series on Colossians. And it's a four-week study of the book of Colossians. It's a letter. Colossians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul, who wrote a lot of the second half of the Bible. And he wrote it to a church at Colossae in Greece. It would be like Paul writing a letter to a church in Middletown, Delaware. So same kind of thing. He's writing this for a specific purpose. We actually began to talk about this last week. He's writing it to shore up the congregation um, against heresy. Remember, we talked about heresy last week. Heresy is false teaching that was occurring within the church it would be like in our church there if there was this segment of people that began teaching things against what we believe is the truth of the scripture so that was going on in this church um, in Colossae the heresy we come to find out that Paul was um, talking against is called Gnosticism. It's not gnosticism, which I might say, but it's Gnosticism. And a little recap about what that means is that it, they believe, the Gnostics believe that the spiritual world is good, the material world, that's like people and the earth and everything, is evil, and as such, Jesus must be strictly spirit, spirit, not human. First problem with Gnosticism. They believe that Jesus is an emanation. It's like, I can't even say emanation without going, woo, like some kind of spirit, distant from God, rather than part of the Holy Trinity of God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. We talked about that last week. If you weren't here, you can go back and go on justshowup.church, and there are podcasts that you can listen to to kind of catch up. They also believe that the material world, remember us, Earth, was eternal. That's another problem. Instead of having a finite beginning and end, that it always existed, and as such, God created from pre-existing material instead of we believe that God created out of 
nothing. There you go. So, today we continue as we look into chapter 2 of this book of Colossians, and we're going to start here with verses 1 through 5. Paul writes, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Say wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge. There you go. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are, how firm your faith in Christ is. And so Paul has been contending for, struggling for, working for, agonizing for the believers in Colossae, like believers in Middletown and their neighbors in Laodicea and their neighbors in Townsend. And then he shares with them his goal. And his goal is this, that they might be encouraged and united in love. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Encouraged and united in love. So that they will have a blessing that comes from understanding the mystery of God namely Jesus Christ, the one who resides in all the treasures of wisdom and understanding. What a great word. What a great word that Paul has for this church. What great encouragement Paul has for this church. Now, we've been telling you, we've been sharing that Paul is attacking this idea of Gnosticism the heresy that's happening in the church. The word Gnostic means having knowledge. And the Gnostics believe that in order to achieve salvation, problem, because we don't believe that we achieve salvation, salvation's a gift, but in order to achieve salvation, one needed to be one of the select few, to have secret knowledge of God. Another problem. We don't believe that. We don't believe that because Paul is saying that there isn't some secret knowledge that only a select few get. We know that the Bible tells us that all of us have access to Jesus. That this special knowledge, it's really the knowledge, the love of God for all of us. We all have access through the Holy Spirit, to grow in knowledge and wisdom. Paul does not want the body of believers in Colossae to be deceived. Say deceived. deceived. Yeah, deceived by this fine-sounding argument of the heretics. It's really easy to get deceived by fine-sounding arguments even today, isn't it? Paul encourages them to hold firm in their faith in the midst of challenges surrounding them. So Paul continues in his letter, this is verses 6 and 7. So then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live lives in him, 
rooted and built up in him. Say rooted and built up. Rooted and built up. Oh, yeah. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Okay, so here Paul encourages the believers to continue to live lives in him. These aren't newbies. They've been there for a while, but he wants them to continue to live lives that are in Christ, keeping Jesus number one, as we talked about last week. He, re, he, he reminds them to live lives that are rooted. Say rooted. rooted. Rooted and built up in him. Rooted. That's our focus today. Rooted. Like a plant rooted in the ground, as Dr. Fran tried to explain. Anyway, um, it means several things. Uh, a plant that is rooted, it's held firm. It has a firm foundation in the dirt. It's not going to be easily moved or swayed as these believers and as us. We shouldn't be easily moved or swayed by false teachings around us. Let me tell you a, a funny story about rooted. Years ago, we were putting a patio on the back of the house, and there were some plants along there. So we took them up and put them in pots and put them on the driveway, quote-unquote, temporarily. Okay, so one of these plants, it put in a big pot, and it was really interesting because it kind of looked like a weed, but then it kind of didn't because it had almost like a trunk to it. Has anybody ever seen a weed that had a trunk? It looked almost, all right, there you go, there you go. You must have been in my driveway because this thing, I couldn't tell if it was a tree or a weed, and if it's a tree, I'm going to plant it. That avoids me having to buy one. So, I'm so it grew so tall yeah. that it shaded our kitchen window. So, I mean, that's a big honking weed if it's a weed. So after a while, I decided, I don't know if I really like the look of that tree. So, and I wanted to get out. So I had Turner and I, my son Turner and I, we were going to slide it over. And well, actually, I was going to go plant it. And I, and I couldn't, it wouldn't move. I thought, boy, that dirt is really heavy there. So, I, and then I decided, well, I can't get it out of there. So I said I was just going to cut it down, and, and hopefully it would just die. And I cut it down, and it didn't die. It, it grew new shoots up out of it. I mean, the thing's going crazy. It's like, it's like the weed from you know where. And then I noticed that the asphalt has these little cracks, nowhere else but just there, and and little seedlings or rootlings are coming up through the asphalt. It had thrown roots down through the hole in that plastic, you know what I'm talking about, the hole in the middle? Instead of water coming up in that, roots went down under the, went through the asphalt under, and now they're coming up in, in form of new trees up around this pot. <laughs> You're looking askance. <laughs> So not only have I cut it down, now I've got little, little rootlings coming up all over the place. I'm going, this is crazy. So I tried to cut the plastic off, and I thought, okay, I'll take my power washer and wash all the dirt off. Well, that's when I really saw, man, this thing is rooted. We finally got rid. We had to re redo the driveway, not because of that, but the timing wasn't bad. We had to resurface the driveway. And I said to the guy, I said, what would it cost me for you to bring your little bobcat and chain this thing and pull it out, which he did? It only cost me a couple pizzas for their lunch. But anyway, can you imagine how rooted that thing was? I mean, it was like relentless in, my drive, in our driveway. Well, that's what we're talking about this morning. I mean, the, the rooted in Christ we're talking about even more so. It's even more firmly established than that stinking tree in my driveway. It's a good example, though, for today. Maybe that's it's, why we have it. I'm yeah, sure that's what it was all that's about. That's what it was all about. 
being rooted goes deeper. To be rooted means to get this steady and adequate supply of nourishment around the roots. Being rooted in Christ means to draw spiritual or to be strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. We draw our spiritual nourishment from Jesus. The longer we are in a relationship with Jesus Christ, the deeper our roots go. The more I study, the more I kind of realize how much I don't know and the more I want to know, and it's this really cool circular thing that goes on and on and on because I just want to get rooted more and more and more. And that's that thirst that God plants in our heart to be rooted because we know what happens when we're not rooted. We're just blown away here, there, to and fro, and it, it just feels chaotic. And so when we're rooted, we have this greater connection, but good word, by the way, connection with our Lord and Savior. And our response to that is like overflowing, overflowing with thankfulness. Thankfulness for God's goodness, and especially what, G, what God did through us by sacrificing his one and only son who died on the cross to save us, you and me, from ourselves, from our sins, from being eternally separated from God, overflowing with thankfulness. Hmm. So let's continue chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. Paul writes, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. All right, so this is, this is deep stuff, so don't feel like, oh my goodness, that's why we're talking about this today. It's really important to know. The Apostle Paul continues by sharing that being rooted in Christ, what it looks like as he addresses the false teachings, the false beliefs that are circulating in the church. He warns the Colossians to not be taken captive by these hollow and deceptive philosophies. Now, how about today? Are there hollow and, hollow and deceptive philosophies that kind of worm their way in? And so we need to know the truth of Scripture, and we need to know the Holy Spirit so that those things can kind of quicken inside our hearts and we can recognize that stuff. He firmly addresses this idea and says that in Christ, the fullness of the deity, deity God, the fullness of God lives in Jesus in bodily form. Remember, the Gnostics thought that Jesus didn't have, he wasn't human. We believe 100% divine, 100% human, that's 200%, and that is more than enough to save us. Don't you think? Yeah, 100% human, 100% divine. 
The Gnostics believed that Jesus was some emanation, some woo spirit kind of thing, some lesser god, some minion of the god of all creation. But in fact, that's not what we believe. And Paul was preaching against that, that he is in fact the head over every power and authority. Verses 11 and 12, Paul continues. In him, Christ, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. All right, so let's unpack this a little bit. We needed to do our own little research on this. We, one of the theologians that we consulted was a Bible scholar named William Barclay. And he talked about these false teachers, the heretics in the church of Colossae. What they were doing was that they were demanding that the Gentile or non-Jew Christians, that they should be circumcised like they were back in the Old Testament in the time of Abraham because circumcision was a, it was a mark of being God's chosen people. But over the years, spiritual leaders of Israel began to insist that it really didn't have anything to do with physical circumcision, the cutting of skin, but instead it was a spiritual circumcision, which was an inward dedication to God that was actually what was most important. It wasn't about you know, putting on this outer thing, but it was what was going on inside, in the heart. So being rooted in Christ involves circumcision, but it's about the cutting out, the cutting away of actions and attitudes versus the cutting of skin. And so Paul uses this concept as he shares in this letter that being rooted in Christ is less about being circumcised by human hands and the flesh and instead being circumcised by Jesus when they are ruled by him rather than by their sins of the flesh. And Paul shares then that when they are baptized, and he's talking about a baptism by immersion where you would fully go under the water. Um, speaking of, when you go under the water there, it's a representation of, of death, so to speak, of dying to self, of dying to the past, of dying to who you were, your sinful nature, and then coming up out of the water is, is representative of new birth, of new life, of, of the old is gone, the new is come, in Jesus Christ, a, a fresh you, so to speak, risen from the sin, and, and just as God raised Jesus from the dead, from our sin. And so it's a circumcision not of the flesh, but of the heart and the soul of their entire being through Jesus Christ. Picking it up at verse 12. When you were dead in your sins, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge 
of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And so here in what we have is four verses in this section of his letter to the church at Colossae, Paul offers kind of a mini tour de force of, 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 of the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ, a, a thumbnail sketch of, of our salvation in Jesus. We were dead. We were dead in our sins and in the uncircumcision of our flesh, unable and unwilling to cut out of our lives those things that separate us from God. We couldn't do it on our own, and so we were dead. We were gone. We were lifeless. We were hopeless, far removed from God. We were finished, and there was nothing that we could do. That's hopeless, isn't it? There's nothing on our own that we could do to turn that around, to change that lifelessness, because our souls were dead. But, and don't you love the buts in Scripture? In the New Testament, there's always a B-U-T, but. <laughs> With Jesus, there's always a but. And in this case, there's a but. But all that change, all that death, all that gone, all that hopelessness changed in Jesus Christ. Amen? It all changed. God brought us back to life, resurrected our dead souls, breathed new life into those air lungs that were collapsed. You know, Christ's lungs collapsed on the cross. That's what he died from, suffocation. And we were suffocating to death, and God gives us in Christ new life. He refills our lungs, brings new life through Christ. It was Christ on the cross, Christ alone, who sacrificed his life, forgiving our sins, paying a price we cannot pay on our own, beyond our ability to pay. And he stamped it paid in full as he took his last breath on the cross, went to hell for you and me, and came back resurrected three days later. Took the debt and nailed it. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that he loves you so much that he would do that for you? He would do that for me. Incredible, isn't it? Absolutely incredible. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the good news that we talk about. This salvation is a gift. It's a gift. There's nothing we can do to earn it. We don't, do not deserve it. We can't buy it. We can only receive it. We can only receive it when we believe it. And this gift of salvation, this gift of redemption that Jesus is offering is free of charge. So as we take a look at this, this, what it means to be rooted, being rooted in Christ allows us to go even deeper in our relationship with, us, with him, and it allows us to, to receive, to inherit to inherit all that he has to offer. 
I love that word inheritance. We're his kids and we inherit all that he has so that we can receive new life and receive it to the full. That's in John uh, 10, 10. And also, being rooted keeps us from following those false teachings, the false beliefs, the false perceptions that are so prevalent in our culture. It also allows us to intimately know firsthand who Jesus is when Jesus tells us in John 14, I am the way, I am truth, capital T, truth. I am life. Life. Being rooted in Christ is this reminder that it's Jesus and Jesus alone, God in the flesh, fully human, fully divine, that can forgive us for our sins. He paid the price so that we could experience freedom. Who reconciles us, makes right with the Father, brings new life to our once dead souls. It's in Christ that we're offered this gift of salvation. Being rooted in Christ means being connected with Jesus and the new life he offers. So our morning question, what about you? What about you? Are you rooted in Christ, um, deeply connected, getting your spiritual nourishment from him? I was thinking during the first service, you know, um, I often say, well, gosh, you know, I come to church every week. Yeah. I'm, unfortunately, coming to church, it's a great thing, and we're so glad you're here, but that. That's not what we're really talking about, you know. Uh, coming to church, saying I'm a Christian because I come to church is like saying I sit in my garage so I'm an automobile, you know. It, it's, not, it, it's not how it works. Um, it's a little deeper than that. It's, it's not just coming to church. It's not just reading the Bible. It's not just praying. It's not just talking about Jesus. It's having a personal relationship. It's saying, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior, take my life. That's, that's truly being rooted in him. If, if you are, then our prayer for you is that, first of all, praise the Lord, and second, that you grow ever deeper uh, rooted in Christ and that you continue to get nourished and ever more closely connected with, with Jesus and that you he gives you all the nourishment you ever need. On the other hand, perhaps you haven't yet rooted in Christ. And, and hopefully today's the day, because why would one want to go another moment without Christ's saving grace as part of their life? Maybe today's the day that you open yourself up to the, to the possibility of a personal relationship with Jesus of truly being rooted in Jesus Christ. Uh, maybe today is the first day of the rest of your life, you know, uh, what we call your, your spiritual birthday, your Christian birthday. It, like the old is gone, like we say. The new has come, the new life in Christ. Maybe the day is the day that you truly become rooted in Christ, and we're going to 
I'll give you an opportunity now. We're, we're going to share a prayer. It's called a lot of different names, but sometimes they call it the sinner's prayer because we start by admitting that we're sinners in need of a Savior and that the only way that can happen is if Christ would come into our lives. And I'm going to ask you all to trust me on this because I'm going to ask you to everybody to close your eyes. If, you, if you're already, a, a, you know, rooted in Christ, you know, you can say, it never hurts to say the prayer again, does it? But if, if you aren't, maybe today's the day to say, you know what? Here I am and, and go along. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and I'm going to pray and I would ask you to pray, follow me. And you don't have to say it aloud. You can if you want, but you can say, quiet, God hears our prayers internally. But it's a great opportunity today to, to basically just give yourself to Christ and to invite him into your life. And, and if you do that today, we'd encourage you to, to continue to just allow yourself to be washed in the Holy Spirit as you pray. Let the Holy Spirit just fill you. And, and, and I would encourage you to, to share it with somebody, maybe the person next to you or maybe back in the prayer corner. There'll be, there'll be people back there that just can't wait to pray with you and, and talk with you and maybe say another prayer for you as you start this new step in your journey, as you, this new chapter in your life, as you uh, come out on the other side, new, a new, new person in Christ, so to speak. So let's close our eyes, bow our heads. In fact, I would ask you, even if you don't, don't smack the person next to you, but kind of open your arms and your hands up to kind of receive what God has in store for you. Just allow yourself to be open and vulnerable and just say something like this. Say, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior, and I know that I cannot save myself. Lord, I'm a sinner. I am sorry for what I've done as I sinned against you and those around me. And I know I can't change the past, but I can go in a new direction. I know I've sinned. I can't save myself, but I'm asking you to help me to go in a new direction, to truly be repentant for what I've done. Holy Jesus, I know that you are the Savior. I know that you died for me to give me this new life, Lord. And Jesus, I'm ready for this new life. I'm ready for the new life you offer. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Please fill me. Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. And I want to be rooted in you. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.